Hello, and welcome to Smart Supply Chain, a podcast produced by ALOM, featuring industry experts offering insight and clarity on a variety of supply chain topics. I'm your host, Jennifer Duell. As an environmentally and socially conscious global supply chain services provider, ALOM offers Six Sigma quality, technology leadership, flexibility, and true customer focus. ALOM delivers its clients' products flawlessly, enriching the end user experience and upholding their brand reputations. Our guest expert for this episode is Lisa Dolan, Vice President of Supply Chain Strategy for ALOM. Thank you for being here today, Lisa. Thank you, Jennifer. So we're going to talk about the supply chain of the future and what the supply chain will look like in five years. Let's kick off this podcast episode by talking about consumers. How do you think their expectations will change over the next five years and how those expectations will change our supply chain? Honestly, I think consumers today are a bit shell-shocked like we all are. We've all been so used to having kind of what we want, when we want it, without giving much thought about what it takes for it to actually get to us. Amazon really spoiled us first with two-day shipping and then next day in some regions. That really disrupted everyone's thought as far as what supply chains were and what consumers expected. And it became a shock when we couldn't get what we wanted. I mean, whoever imagined you'd be out of toilet paper and there'd be stock out issues. On top of all of that, we had all of the social unrest and social injustice and then other human rights within the supply chain that came to light really caused consumers to take a step back and rethink their expectations. Consumers are going to be looking for products that are sourced ethically, and they're going to want transparency. I think supply chains are really going to need to adapt by providing greater transparency as to where their raw materials and their labor is sourced. And they're also going to really need to laser focus on sustainability efforts. They're going to be looking at innovative ways in order to get their products. Supply chains are going to need to take a step back and and look at this clean slate of what do the consumers want and how are they going to deliver that? Speaking from experience, I became spoiled as a consumer. And even knowing the effort that it took to get things to me or into the store, it didn't stop me from being spoiled and expecting things to always be in stock and expecting to be able to customize things if I wanted to. You're going to see the changes that they're going to still want innovative ways. They're going to expect us as supply chain professionals to figure it out. Our job is to be Oz behind the scenes, knowing ultimately what they want, that they want it yesterday. But it's also all of our jobs as supply chain professionals and and human beings to get it to them in the most socially responsible way. The issues that are causing supply chain disruptions today. Do you think they'll be resolved by 2027? I wish I had a crystal ball. That's going to be really hard to say. While the pandemic will have hopefully subsided, I do feel that we will still be faced with labor shortages, environmental and natural disasters are always going to be with us. And I do unfortunately think we're going to still see raw materials shortages. 
the pressures that the supply chain professionals have been under over the past decade, maybe more, and this focus on really pushing down prices and reducing costs. How do you think that's impacted the industry to this point? And then what will be the focus for the next five years? And are we going to be in a situation where supply chain professionals are going to spend the next five years unraveling that focus on cost? I really feel the pressure to reduce supply chain costs became a double-edged sword, and we really are seeing the ramifications today. There is so much more that needs to be measured beyond cost. We've got environmental impact, social impact, time to market, resiliency, and then the compliance on top of that. You know, we've all been focused on costs. I do think we're going to be spending the next five years recovering from the single-minded focus. However, the good news is that there's this giant spotlight that's been focused on all of our supply chains, which will help fast track things, right? Back in February, the Biden administration created the task force to undertake a review of critical U.S. supply chains. And it's tasked with identifying risks, addressing vulnerabilities, and And they're hoping to help companies develop strategies to promote resilience. Companies are stepping up and they're reevaluating every aspect of their supply chain. It's really going to help strengthen their positions. Supply chain professionals, did they get the idea to try to reduce costs in the supply chain on their own? Or was it really trying to solve for the consumer demand? Yes, I think the consumer played a key role in driving down costs because at the end of the day, if you don't have a consumer, you don't have a product or a company. But at the same time, the corporations have been very cost conscious. They need to get margins because everyone's in business to make money. And so we all have to make money and you drive your cost savings where you can. And typically cost savings has traditionally come straight out of the supply chain, the raw materials. We got to buy better. We got to buy smarter. And so it did help drive that push toward low-cost solutions and low-cost areas. With the changing consumer sentiment, which I think is happening, to your point earlier, the pressure to be exclusively focused on price may be reduced slightly? Absolutely. I do think consumers realize that there are ramifications to their consumerism. Consumers are starting to take a look at, hmm, I might be willing to pay more if I know that this is sourced ethically that I know this isn't impacting the environment as much. The only caveat to that would be you still have the consumer who is, for economic reasons, going to have to look at low cost. So we'll have to keep that in mind as well. Five years from now, we may be close to where we're at now as far as cost constraints, but now we're definitely going to be seeing some inflation. When we're looking five years out, the biggest shifts in the way that supply chain professionals will approach their work. What are you, (laughs) this is, you must have a very good answer for this. I do. Oh my gosh. It's going to be, it's rough, right? It's the wild west right now. And supply chain professionals already are having to work smarter. And, And I think in the next five years, it's just going to be brought to the forefront even more. Supply chain professionals have to work smarter. They have to harness 
their data in order to make better decisions moving forward. And so we're so incredibly fortunate right now that we do have a repository of all of this data. And I think moving forward in the next five years, data is really going to be king. Supply chain organizations that have strong data analytics and planning are going to continue to be at the forefront of delivering. In fact, it's an area that we continue to innovate and invest in, and it's really proven over the course of the last year and a half how critical data is and being able to use it. A lot of it's demand forecasting to avoid the out-of-stock conditions, and we can do that by using consumer demand signals and predictive analysis of that data that we have repositories on. The data helps us to really offer inventory optimization, and it gives us a better clear line of sight to what the consumption behaviors of the customer are, and it'll allow us to right-size our inventory instead of this bullwhip effect that we're having go on um, back and forth right now. The other thing that is often underlooked in data analysis is predictive maintenance of machinery that we're all using for our manufacturing. And so that data can help us identify and address any potential downtime before it even hits the manufacturing floor, which is key right now, considering the labor shortages we all have. None of us can afford to have labor standing around. Lastly, it's the environmental impact and being able to use that predictive data for extreme weather and political unrest in other countries. It really allows a supply chain professional to be proactive versus reactive. Is the use of data new? Is it something that everyone is still learning to use? No, the data's been there for a while. The problem being is that there's so much data that you become immune to the data. And so where supply chain professionals are really delving into and getting to the meat of is in harnessing that data using tool. At ALOM, we have ALOM BI. And what that allows me as a supply chain professional to do on behalf of my customer supply chains is to not so much focus on the data where things are moving well, but to take a look at the anomalies, right? And so if you can use that machine learning to see where, hey, we think there's going to be an overstock in two days. And again, it goes back to being proactive versus reactive. Depending on the maturity of the particular supply chain, they're probably at that apex right now where there is so much data and supply chain professionals are starting to really dig into BI type tools and by BI, I mean business intelligence. And then moving to the next step in five years, it's really going to be AI, artificial intelligence. And so using that data and letting the data tell us where flexion point will be. When you're looking at the kind of evolution that supply chain professionals are having right now and creating the next wave of supply chain talent, is it going to be different versus what do you think the focus was previously for supply chain professionals? The supply chain is going to be pulling in a tremendous amount of data analysts and relying heavily on data analytics. Even when I started in supply chain 
oof, 29, 30 years ago. My educational background is in programming. I never thought I'd be in supply chain and everybody laughed and I'm like, oh my God, thank God, because I use my programming every day. And so I do think the supply chain industry is going to rely heavily on individuals that have that background and that knowledge and are looking to innovate. But then so is every industry. So I think we're all going to continue to struggle with labor. Are we going to have to do an even better job of spreading the word about the importance of supply chain to attract more talent? I feel like this is one of the bigger issues in supply chain and people are still trying to figure it out. Absolutely. It's been a struggle for the supply chain and the manufacturing industry for years, and it's going to continue and probably get a whole lot worse in the next five years. And so Hannah Kane, the CEO of ALOM, actually sits on the board of the National Association of Manufacturers. We do a lot of outreach to our community. We pull in interns. We're doing manufacturing day and really trying to cheerlead because supply chain is such an exciting field to be in. It's such an important field. And I think the world today recognizes how important supply chain is. I do think when it does come to the supply chain, there's going to be areas that we can all invest in in the next five years. And I think companies are going to heavily invest in automation. They're going to invest in automation of equipment and automation of their processes. And they're even doing it with vehicles and that will be a key growth area in the next five years for supply chain. I think every supply chain is looking at ways that they can augment and use the labor they do have efficiently and then tap into the labor that they really are going to need for that automation and innovation. We're also at a situation where a great deal of brain power in the supply chain is aging out of the workforce. Is that something that you think about on a regular basis? A lot is being done in the workforce and in supply chain in particular when it comes to diversity. And that's women in the workforce, people of color, race, religion. And one of the things that we focus on is the diversity of generations of supply chain professionals within our organization. And so we have a very strong and robust intern program because we really love that diversity of thought that each generation, each individual within our company brings to a supply chain challenge. And I think that's extremely important to have that diversity of generational supply chain professional. In fact, we're very active in the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals, who has a young professional subset within that organization that's just been phenomenal for our team. Let's talk a little bit about the global supply chain. Do you think that the pandemic really highlighted some of the challenges related to having a global supply chain? Absolutely. I think the days of sole sourcing and low cost labor regions is frankly gone. Now, I do think companies in the next five years will be more what I call right short. You need to look at where you're doing your manufacturing and your fulfillment, and they'll be located closer to the consumer and the actual demand. And in some cases, I found it 
surprising and not so surprising that you have government mandates. You must start manufacturing in the U.S. and more and more countries are going to do the same thing. And we are already seeing right shoring happening. We can see this happening now with the semiconductor and the automotive industries and manufacturing plants are going up rapidly within the U.S. right now. And while labor rates may increase, there will be reduction in logistics and freight to help offset the costs. And the logistics alone is going to be key. It doesn't seem like we're going to spend the next five years trying to make supply chains less global. It sounds like we're going to spend forever trying to do that. Well, it's going to evolve, right? Because demand in regions evolve. And so it really needs to be flexible. It needs to be forward thinking. You don't want to build a ton of infrastructure in an area where the demand is decreasing. So again, that's where data is king. Every company needs to look at their product, the demand, and building your supply chain so that it's close to that demand. And it's not necessarily just the U.S., it's in every country. And so it's one world, and we just need to think about where the demand is and where it's going to be and write our supply chain to that particular area. The biggest thing that every supply chain professional in the future needs to remember is don't ever forget your past and stay flexible with the future and use innovation to your advantage because innovation has got us out of so many pickles in the past and will continue to be the driver moving forward. And so I do really think that supply chain professionals always need to keep that trait in their back pocket flexibility and letting innovation do the work. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a real pleasure. And actually, I just love talking to you anytime, even if it's just a casual conversation. Jennifer, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. It was my first podcast. It was a lot of fun. And like I might have mentioned before, I could probably talk about supply chain all day long. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smart Supply Chain. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information or to contact ALOM, go to alom.com. That's A-L-O-M.com. 